Chapter 109 of Wild Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Steve Goff. Wild Wales by George Burrow. Chapter 109. I passed through Caerwent, once an important Roman station and for a long time after the departure of the Romans a celebrated British city, now a poor desolate place consisting of a few old-fashioned houses and a strange-looking dilapidated church. No Welsh is spoken at Caerwent, nor to the east of it, nor indeed for two or three miles before you reach it from the west. The country between it and Chepstow, from which it is distant about four miles, is delightfully green but somewhat tame. Chepstow stands on the lower part of a hill, near to where the beautiful Wye joins the noble Severn. The British name of the place is Abba Wye, or the disembogment of the Wye. The Saxons gave it the name of Chepstow, which in their language signifies a place where a market is held, because even in the time of the Britons it was the site of a great cheap or market. After the Norman conquest it became the property of de Clare, one of William's followers, who built near it an enormous castle, which enjoyed considerable celebrity during several centuries from having been the birthplace of Strongbow, the conqueror of Ireland, but which is at present chiefly illustrious from the mention which is made of it in one of the most stirring lyrics of modern times, a piece by Walter Scott called Norman Horseshoe, commemorative of an expedition made by a declare of Chepstow, with the view of insulting with the print of his courser's shoe the green meads of Glamorgan, and which commences thus. Red glows the forge. I went to the principal inn, where I engaged a private room, and ordered the best dinner which the people could provide. Then, leaving my satchel behind me, I went to the castle, amongst the ruins of which I groped and wandered for nearly an hour, occasionally repeating verses of the Norman horseshoe. I then went to the Wye, and drank of the waters at its mouth, even as some time before I had drunk of the waters at its source. Then, returning to my inn, I got my dinner, after which I called for a bottle of port, and placing my feet against the sides of the grate, I passed my time drinking wine and singing Welsh songs till ten o'clock at night, when I paid my reckoning, amounting to something considerable. Then, shouldering my satchel, I proceeded to the railroad station, where I purchased a first-class ticket, and ensconcing myself in a comfortable carriage, was soon on the way to London, where I arrived at about four o'clock in the morning, having had during the whole of my journey a most uproarious set of neighbours, a few carriages behind me, namely some hundred and fifty Napier's tars, returning from their expedition to the Baltic. End of chapter 109 And End of Wild Wales by George Burrow Recorded by Steve Goff in Wales and London Commencing in the summer of 2013 Finishing in the summer of 2015